are working our way through the, the book of Ruth, and um, we'll have the opportunity by the end of this to, to have read, read through all of the book, and we're going to be in chapter 3 today. If you have a, uh, <coughs> excuse me, if you have a Bible with, with you or you want to take your phone out and pull up Ruth chapter 3, if you have a Bible, it's right after the book of Judges. And um, we've talked a little bit about the situation that's, that's going on. Last week we talked about um, some of the different heart attitudes and we've talked about other themes up to this point. You know, things like um, commitment and faithfulness. And this week we, we start to see a little bit more uh, specific acts of what I'm calling authentic love. And love is one of those complex top topics. It's, uh, in our world today, it's everywhere and it's nowhere. And there are different types and different things that people think it means. And in the biblical sense, we know that love is the primary component of God's story. It's the only reason, the primary reason that we're even here in the first place because of God's love. Sending his son, Jesus, to act as the one who was able and indeed did redeem us. And we see actually a little snippet of that play out in Ruth chapter 3 today. Love is something that's hard to pin down. It's like a lot of things. You kind of have a sense when you see it or feel it. And you also have a sense when you don't feel it or don't experience it. How do you see love? What experiences tell you that love is present? Sometimes the absence of it is very clear to us when we're not experiencing it or feeling it in our life. But love is possible as a foundation when we recognize that it, in, the, in, God, in God's deepest sense, it's mostly about an attitude that is born in the heart. It's a relational word. And then it overflows out into who we are, and how we act in the world. Ideally, that's what we should be aiming for. The kind of deep, authentic love that we see illustrated in this story today shows up in how we see the characters of Ruth and Boaz and even her mother-in-law, Naomi, make decisions that are for the benefit of another. And we see this in our own lives in the different relationships that we have both the people that live with us and in some of our closest friends and even colleagues and, and others in our life. We're going to look at several different acts. And on the back of your bulletin, I listed uh, them for those of you that, are, that like to write something down. I always try to make it easy for you. We're going to focus on four different acts that we see take place in chapter 3. There's three scenes in this chapter, so I'm going to read each scene and then we'll talk a little bit more about that. But all of these different acts that we see show up in this chapter provide a kind of launching pad or a stronger foundation to help you strengthen the key relationships in your life. It's just like everything, you know, you might have a you might have a super strong relationship. Maybe it's a spouse, maybe it's a maybe it's a child, maybe it's a friend or someone else, but every relationship always needs care and attention at different times. Yeah, thank you. Will you shut that door over there? Thanks. 
If I have to pause, just bear with me just from the a little gulp of smoke or something like that. Acts of love will help strengthen those relationships as long as there is a willingness to work at it. And some of you know this very well, that in relationships, it's a two-way street. You can put as much time and effort as you want into something, but it takes two to really make it work. So there will be relationships in your life that you wish were stronger or more fruitful, but which are, at least for this season, are not possible through your sheer effort alone. And that's one of those unfortunate realities that we live with in our world. There are people in my own family that I wish that I was stronger for, but all I can control is how I reach out and what I do or do not do. The story of Ruth in this chapter, it's not just a story that applies only to marriages. It's much broader than that. It also reveals the kind of relationships you can develop with those other people in your life. So let's take a look at this chapter, and we're going to highlight each of the different relationships that we see. The first one is between Naomi and Ruth. Let me read the first six verses for us. One day Naomi said to Ruth, My daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours, and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight he will be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you, take a bath, put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes, then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating and drinking. Be sure to notice where he lies down, Then go and uncover his feet and lie down there. He will tell you what to do. Verse 5. I will do everything you say, Ruth replied. So she went down to the threshing floor that night and followed the instructions of her mother-in-law. This first scene, I kind of see Naomi as doing, she's playing that matchmaker role. But it's a little bit more than that. She recognizes that Ruth has been loyal to her. She's sticking with her at this point. But she knows that she will not be able to provide for her long term. She wants her to be safe and secure. Now, this, the problem with this story for us today is that it's, it's quite distant from our reality. So we have to remember that in this time and in this culture, the system was really set up for men. However fair or unfair that is. I would call it distinctly unfair. But that was the reality of that time. And as far as land and inheritances and um, different things, that was passed down through the male line of families. And Naomi as a widow and Ruth as a widow, there were certain provisions that God had in his law to help care for them. But one of the realities of this time is also is that very first thing that we learned, the verse just before Ruth, Everyone did as they saw fit. So there were laws that God had to protect those who were poor, the widows, the orphans, and clearly at this time, people were not following them very closely. The fact that it says earlier in the chapter or earlier in the book that you, that you would not always be safe as a widow going into the fields, that there were people that were willing to take advantage of 
the most vulnerable people in society. So this is almost a counterpoint to that. Widowhood in that day was a hard life. You could expect to be taken advantage of, pushed to the side, and often you experienced a life of poverty. This is definitely not what God had in mind, especially in the ways that he wanted his people to care for others. Naomi, however, does what Ruth doesn't understand or yet know, that God had all these laws in place to guide and protect his people. She has that in mind, or perhaps she's grown up hearing those stories and practicing that as much as she could. We know that those crops that were left over in the fields, usually the corners of fields were left so that people, um, especially widows and those who were poor, could come into the fields and pick food so that they could survive. We also saw last, last week that Boaz actually went above and beyond. He instructed his people to just kind of drop stuff along the way, making it even easier for Ruth to pick up more than she needed. God had all these commands in place. But another one of those things that God had instituted was the idea of someone called the family redeemer. And the family redeemer was a male relative, and it was their responsibility to step up when another relative was in need or in danger. If you want to read more about it, you can look at Leviticus 25. It talks a lot about that. But there were different things that would happen. Sometimes people would lose or have to sell off a piece of land or a piece of property just to survive. And one of the ideas was that if you were another family member, you would come in and you would actually buy that back on behalf of your other family member. Another provision, because this was a hard time to live, that men typically... Uh, ended up dying, they would be in battles, and things like that. And one of the provisions was that they, you, would, you would step up, the next brother in line, to marry the widow, to help ensure that the family line would continue, that the line of inheritance would continue, and people would be generally provided for. It's a really interesting idea, the whole idea of family redeemer. Maybe it's a little, it sounds a little bit weird for us today to think about that, but this is what... This idea that we read about in Ruth chapter 3 is actually what Jesus does perfectly when he comes to earth. He serves as our family redeemer. Or if you have an older translation of the Bible, it might say kinsman redeemer. Naomi knows this. And so she takes action on behalf of Ruth, and it's one of the cool things that we see in Naomi's development that she started out our story um, becoming bitter, and now she's kind of growing into a greater awareness of what God is doing here. The first act is that authentic love shows concern for others. This is broadly true of our deepest relationships. That true, authentic, deep love, as like the, the kind that God hopes for and desires for us, actually shows up when we show concern for others, that we don't just act with selfish concern, but selfless concern. When you want to strengthen or deepen a relationship, you sometimes do things that you probably don't like on your own. There are certain things, I'll be honest, that I don't prefer to do. There are certain shows or movies that I don't really like to watch, but I will if the one I'm with really enjoys that. 
Hello, BBC. Not really, my, not really my cup of tea, but... So we do things by showing concern for others. In this opening part of chapter 3, Naomi shows this kind of concern for Ruth. She knows that Ruth has already given up a lot to come back with her. She still is a foreigner in the eyes of most people. And so she has almost like two strikes against her already. The love Naomi has developed for Ruth shows up in how she acts towards her. She shows concern and she actually counsels her and tells her what will be best for her. Now, it goes through a lot of details, but this is not just a TV show like Makeover Edition. It's not a makeover for Ruth. It actually is a sign that her time of mourning for her husband, who had died several years before, was now over, and she was ready to actually move forward with her life. And it was also, as is typical, you have to be very clear with men, it was a clear signal to Boaz that she was wanting something more. Ruth consistent with her character that we've already seen, agrees to follow everything that Naomi has shared with her. And that's when we see our second act. Authentic love shows trust. That when we are engaged in a relationship where there is a depth of love that is growing there, we are willing to trust another person. You know this as well as I do, that showing trust is not easy. Takes a lot of work. But the trust that we see Ruth actually showed Naomi is not blind trust, but a deep trust that has developed and is built on the truth and consistency of repeated action. It's easier to trust someone who actually has demonstrated it over and over again that that they're trustworthy. And when we don't act in those ways, it takes time and repeated action to rebuild the kind of trust that we want to exhibit in our relationships. This kind of trust that God has in mind is, it's kind of like a security blanket for us. uh, We rely on the bond, especially in those times of vulnerability or need. This is a critical time for Ruth, a time in her life where she she could easily be taken advantage of. But she listens to the counsel of her mother-in-law. She trusts her enough to say, okay, I'm going to do what you have said. I believe that you have my best interests in mind. And maybe Ruth didn't understand all of it at this point, but she takes that action. And the trust that she shows is an act of authentic love. So that's the first scene for us. We see the concern and the trust that the two of them show for one another. Scene two is between Ruth and Boaz. I'm going to read this, verses 7 through 13. It says, After Boaz had finished eating and drinking and was in good spirits, he lay down at the far end of the pile of grain and went to sleep. Then Ruth came quietly, uncovered his feet, and lay down. Around midnight, Boaz suddenly woke up and turned over. He was surprised to find a woman lying at his feet. Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me, for you are my family redeemer. The Lord bless you, my daughter, Boaz exclaimed. You are showing even more family loyalty now than you did before, for you have not gone after a younger man, whether rich or poor. 
Now don't worry about a thing, my daughter. I will do what is necessary. For everyone in town knows that you are a virtuous woman. But while it's true that I am one of your family redeemers, there is another man who is more closely related to you than I am. Stay here tonight, and in the morning I will talk to him. If he is willing to redeem you, very well. Let him marry you. But if he is not willing, then as surely as the Lord lives, I will redeem you myself. Now lie down here until morning. It's a very interesting part of the story. Where I used to live, um, I always thought this was kind of a weird story. You know, the guy is basically in a glorified barn with a pile of grain. And then this encounter happens. And I had a gentleman actually come up to me and and say, um, we lived in an area where sugar beets were farmed a lot. And they, you know, they're giant things that come out of the ground and that's where they make all the sugar which we definitely don't need more of, but that's what goes into all sorts of products. And they form these giant piles every fall when they harvest them. And I had this gentleman after I told, after I was reading this section one time, and he came up to me and he said, I met my wife at the beet pile. He's like, this really resonated with me today. So I never thought that there would actually be a personal illustration of someone who met their future spouse in this type of situation. But he's like, yeah, we were both working, and I saw her at the beat pile, and we fell in love. So, and that's just sort of an interesting aside. In this particular encounter, Ruth follows Naomi's instructions. She's, this, there's all sorts of cultural things that are happening here that we don't fully appreciate or understand. But she's doing some of the cultural signs and signals to tell Boaz, yes, I'm interested, but I also want you, I, I would like you to do your family duty to help me. This is the third act. Authentic love takes risk. We, we know this instinctually, that it is risky to love someone else. It's risky to demonstrate and build this over time, whether it's in a potential partner or a new friend. It's risky to put yourself out there because you don't know how the other person will react. We just don't know what's going to happen. We, sometimes it totally is unexpected. Ruth risks a lot in doing this by proposing to him more or less in the middle of the night, in the dark. But she follows the customs of the day. She says, spread the corner of your garment over me. Another way of saying that would be, take me under your wing. Or the words that we might say today, marry me. How unusual do you think it is in this day and age in the Bible for her to be the one to initiate? Does that say something about how God upends expectations? But then she says, you are a family redeemer. Or today we might say, it's your duty. I love you and you have an obligation or a responsibility. We are at a point in in the history where many people were doing what they wanted. There were few that were following the way of God and demonstrating strength and integrity. Widows were not being cared for in the ways that God intended. And Ruth risks it all. She risks rejection. 
Remember, at this point, as far as the, Israel, as the people of God in Israel are concerned, they weren't allowed to intermarry with Moabites. Is this even possible that this is what God wants at this moment in history? Ruth risks rejection. Did she and Naomi read the situation properly? Had Boaz put out the right signs? Was she reciprocating in the right way? We don't know any of that. But anyway, she shows up in the middle of the night, and she's hoping that this will go forward in the ways that she, that Naomi has said it will. She risks her reputation. We read that it's, it says that she is considered a virtuous woman, and yet she's all dolled up, shows up at midnight. What would people think? She risks it all in this moment. How would he perceive what she's doing? How would the town? Boaz's response, however, shows us one final act that we see in this chapter. Authentic love takes commitment. We've talked a little bit about this so far. Boaz responds more than positively. Of course he's interested in Ruth. Of course he knows that he has a family responsibility, but he's also willing to give it all up for the sake of another. He says there's actually a person in our family who's technically closer, who has more of the ability to be the family redeemer. So let's check with this person first. And if not, then I will marry you. Remember, Boaz is an eligible guy. He's older at this point. He's probably grateful that she is doing this. He praises her for not going for a younger man. He tells her not to worry. He will do everything she asks, and then he'll step up regardless of what it will take or what people might say about her background. Friends, that is love. Love is commitment. And commitment is not just saying a quick word or careless promise, but it's about following through day in and day out. We've said it time and time again. It's more than just a feeling, although feelings are involved. It's about acts that match up to the depth of our heartfelt words. And Boaz begins acting on his commitment right Away. Let me read the last few verses of this, chapter, of this chapter, starting in verse 14. So Ruth lay at Boaz's feet until the morning. Remember, this guy's probably dirty, so I'm sure his feet stunk. So it was probably a very sacrificial act. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But she got up before it was light enough for people to recognize each other. For Boaz had said, no one must know that a woman was here at the threshing floor. That would have been scandal. Then Boaz said to her, bring your cloak and spread it out. He measured six scoops of barley into the cloak and placed it on her back. This is about 60 pounds of barley. It's a lot. Then he returned to the town. When Ruth went back to her mother-in-law, Naomi asked, what happened, my daughter? Ruth told her, Ruth told Naomi everything Boaz had done for her. And she added, he gave me these six scoops of barley and said, don't go back to your mother-in-law empty-handed. Then Naomi said to her, just be patient, my daughter, until we hear what happens. The man won't rest until he has settled things today. 
Boaz, as we've already seen in this story so far, is a godly man, a man of honor. He does the right thing, and he actually goes above and beyond what is expected of him. He protects her honor so that people won't gossip about her. He proves his commitment to provide with, their, with a generous gift of food. 60 pounds of food, it goes a long way. And it's a start to their relationship. All these different acts that are taking place, concern and trust and risk and commitment. And it's great to see that in this story. But I want to turn your brains as we conclude. I want you to think for a moment about one person in your life for whom you want or need to build a stronger relationship with. Maybe it's someone in your home already, or it's a person that you, maybe it's someone that you are estranged from, or another person in your life, maybe a close friend. Maybe it's someone that you still have hope for that there could be a strengthening of your relationship. Think of that person right now. Everybody should have somebody in mind. Each of these four words that are on the back of the bulletin can almost be turned into a question. A question that you can ask of yourself. How will I show this for? So, for example, how will I show concern for this person? How will I show trust towards this person that I'm thinking of? How will I show risk for the sake of this person? How will I show commitment to this person? Each week I've tried to end with a few questions just to help you in your personal time of reflection as you're thinking about the relationships that you want to grow and strengthen in your life. Each of these questions is easy enough to ask, harder to answer, and harder yet to follow through on. Yet they represent the kind of hard work that's necessary to form the kinds of relationships that have a chance at standing the test of time. Relationships are work. You don't just wake up and they just automatically fall into your lap. They take repeated work and action. It's said that actions speak louder than words. As I conclude now, think about this. God sent his son into the world to redeem you, being willing to sacrifice his son for your sake so that you could be saved. The very God who created you has already shown you, not just with words, but with his direct action, how to reflect this kind of authentic love in your life. My prayer for us today is that the Lord would bless you in this. Would bless you as you seek to build up the kind of character and show the kind of heart for others that God desires. If it were not so, he would not have provided a way for you to do that. He has blessed you with the gift of his spirit to guide you in this. And he knows that you can. Friends, let's pray. God, I thank you that you showed the ultimate act of authentic love when you sent your son Jesus to die in our place. That he is our family redeemer. 
And in your action and in your model, we see how we too can aim for this in our human relationships here on earth. God, I pray for each person here this morning that whoever it is that is in their mind today, that you would help us to take the steps necessary to take one step closer to that person, whatever that might look like, to help us to show the kind of concern for them that is necessary, to show that we trust them and can be trusted by them, to show that, that deep uh, commitment that we have, and yes, even at times to take risks that benefit them, God, you desire us to be dependent on one another. You created us to be together with people, and you've given us all the tools that we need. So we ask for your help today. Will you bless this group of people here, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen.